Silence! It's time! It's time! It's time for another episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Can you dig it, sucker? Grab a sandwich pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sandwich pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sandwich pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sandwich pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 366 of the Drunk Asher Podcast. I'm as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Cables. What's up, buddy? As a live and breathe, I have raised. Actually, no, I have risen from the ashes again. I'm doing well, Tyler. To be perfectly honest, it's been pretty crazy. I'm now officially in between jobs, and I'm looking for my next job stint, but I'm very hopeful that I will find one really soon. Other than that, that, I've had a good time just kind of detoxing myself. You know, just getting back to what I was doing before, like, just when I was out the last couple months and stuff, due to the whole COVID stuff, I have been... Going on walks, I have been trying out some new things. I, <laughs> off of uh, the cuff, I decided to get myself a bag of that Boyd's coffee. And I decided nice. just to make myself a bit of Boyd's coffee. And I drank like a cup of it like around an hour ago. And uh, mm. I was like, it's not too bad, you know? Just trying a little different things with the coffee blends, you know? This here and there. But uh, I've just been getting back to the groove of things. I decided to play some more stuff on my PS4. Actually started re- actually started like playing stuff on the Switch now again. So nice. other than that, it's just been really much a return to form, and I feel I feel pretty good right now. How have you been doing? Doing all right, you know. But it was a today's Sunday. Yeah, um, I was recording this bloody well, Sunday. Yeah, well, it's technically Monday now here, but um, doing okay. You know, it was a long day. Had to help my uh, uh, dad put up a fence. That was uh, it's a hundred degree heat today. That was fun. Oh boy! Uh, and also uh, changed the brakes on uh, on my t- on my car, so that was also fun as well. Um, that's a good life skill, you know, though. What? I said that's a good life skill, though. I mean, I don't know how to change brakes. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it takes me a ridiculous amount of time of staring uh, at it and like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? And then like hitting and kicking things. Are you um, telling me you're not a natural grease monkey, Tyler? <laughs> no, not at all. No, whatever. Was it lefty, tidy, righty, Lucy? I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So it's pretty exhausting day, but it's, uh, you know, but, it, but it's been okay week. Nothing, uh, you know, outside of everything going crazy in the world. Um, it's been a, a okay week, you know. Uh, it's definitely uh, feeling like summer now, though, which sucks. No yeah, shit. I hate fucking. This is why we're nerds, Cables, you know? Because we're prone this to is... burning. <laughs> yeah. Prone to burning, I'm especially as a ginger. Uh, and also, air conditioning is great, and video games are inside. No shit. So, um, yeah, fuck, fuck the sun. If it wasn't for us keeping us alive, I'd say get rid of the whole goddamn concept of the sun. Um, but yeah, nothing too too crazy going on with me that I can remember otherwise. Um, I don't know, but I mean, it's been kind of a crazy week uh, in uh, gaming this week, so I think we're going to trudge along right into... Uh, with everything going on... Uh, this is pretty much all one broad topic, but I, it's it's covering a lot of different things. Um, so the PlayStation Five event that was supposed to happen on Thursday was was delayed and uh, indefinitely. Uh, There's supposed to be a uh, Madden was supposed to have like a, a event this uh, this past week as well. Cyberpunk uh, was supposed to have an event on uh, June 11th, uh, but that's been delayed to June 25th. Uh, Fortnite and the new uh, Call of Duty uh, have delayed their new seasons. Uh, along with uh, Infinity Ward is putting, um, uh, oh, has uh, put like Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter, sorry, uh, all over. Like when you go onto their games, it's just plastered everywhere um, on every screen. And then also has come out and said that they promise to help battle racism in their games. So um, interesting. Yeah, and we've also heard, you know, pretty much I think every big publisher out there has come out against. Um, Everything that's been going on, there've been pro Black Lives Matter, which is awesome. 
um, EA, Ubisoft, Nintendo, Sony, um, uh, Xbox. Like they're pretty much all on board with it, which is good to see. It's something we yeah. didn't see previously um, with all the other unfortunate killings and everything going on out there. Um, but I don't know, Gables. Like with everything going on, I mean, what, what's your process and like your thoughts on you know pretty much everything being? I mean, it's just, this is basically E3 was supposed to be this weekend. Uh, start this weekend it obviously isn't but we still had a like you even joked about about last week is like basically e3 in some form was still happening this week right just spread out um but obviously everything got pushed back um what's what kind of overall thoughts on everybody's decision making to kind of you know get out of this hell week well honestly what i think about it i honestly did not uh remember that the thing was supposed to be happening by this week you know the whole ps5 reveal because everything else inside the news has been upon the George Floyd death, plus the Black Lives Matter movement that's been going across the United States. And quite honestly, it's gaming at this moment in time is just not very important. It's actually mm-hmm. like on the line. It's actually on the sidelines now. And what's predominant is like the equality of races of different like ethnicities and stuff. And that's taken much a big old priority over everything else, so it really doesn't surprise me that uh, gaming companies have uh, gone through not only voiced their support, but have also done the extra miles of just delaying stuff and this and that, but I will say that I am impressed that it seems like a lot of the gaming front gaming companies and like everything else is just like on a united front. That's something I don't really see too often unless like there's this big old like commonality of like support and stuff. Man, I mean, yeah, it's sad. You know, I was looking forward to seeing what else was going to be unveiled for the PlayStation 5 stuff. But at the same time, if it's like another month or like another couple months or something like that, it's not going to really be that much of a factor for me. I mean, hell, I've waited so long to hear information anyway. What's a few months or what's a few weeks? And I believe that... I believe that other gamers really should take this in the note that there's more things important than life than just video games. Human lives matter. Black lives matter. And quite honestly, and quite honestly, you know, there's just better things to do than just obsess upon just one thing at a time when there's more important things going on in the world. You know, that's kind of like what I've felt during the past week. But uh, what... What were your thoughts, Tyler? Um, you know, you put it, I mean, you put really well said what you said there. I love that. Um, you know, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, it's I feel, it's kind of a weird thing where, like, I was actually, like I said, I was looking forward to the, the Madden thing, obviously, to get Madden oh, yeah, yeah. the franchise. I was looking for. There's nothing wrong with looking forward to these things. No shit. But it's just, like, <laughs> there's a little bit of, like, oh, man, like, that feeling. Like, but it's, like, a, it's a brief second. And I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling that. Like I feel a little guilty for feeling it, but I don't think there's inherently anything wrong. Like because you, when you go on social media, it's just like you see all these like awful things and a lot of great things too as well. Don't get me wrong. True. But you see a lot of awful things as well. It's just like oh man, with with the pandemic going on, it's like we've it feels like everybody's forgotten that that's a thing still. Um, you see all the, like the awful like you know the awful things happening online. And it's just like, I don't know, it was kind of that one thing is like, oh, and I, you know, a lot of people have been talking about like, oh, it would be nice to have that, that break and like uh, something to look forward to kind of thing. But like, like you said, like there's more important things in gaming out there. There's, um, you know, the, there's, there's bigger things in the world right now. There's bigger, I mean, ga- gaming is always, it's never the biggest thing in the world. There's always bigger things going on than gaming. Well, exactly. Um, exactly the point, man. I mean, the whole Black Lives Matter stuff and the whole COVID stuff has, pretty much got the whole world going up just going up and just changing bits by bits you know it's like who knows what the hell's gonna happen next in the next six months it's just mm-hmm. a really wild and crazy time it's unprecedented to have two colossal events happen so close together yeah yeah it's yeah it's nuts um it's unfortunate but it's also I mean, there's some beauty in the chaos of everything going on true and we're seeing that um so I don't know. It's just like I said. I mean, there's no. I, they've made the, all of them. Everybody made the right choice. There's there was no other decision to make. Uh, I'm curious, like I, I, when people are going to get the ball rolling on, like when these will happen again. Getting to that part, like when will we potentially see these? Like EA is supposed to have their EA play on June 11th, and, and that's on Thursday, and we haven't heard any news of them getting out of it. Um, 
they're pushing back that back. And I feel like if they keep that date, maybe they'll get the ball rolling and all other people like they're the first to go. So nobody wants to be the first to go kind of thing. But at the like, same time, there's definitely a way they can present it right so it's not insensitive and that way it yeah. actually spurs things along to where, oh, hey, you know, yes, this stuff is happening on the world, but hey, let's provide this as like a distraction from all the chaos in the world and let's just present it that, hey, we support this. Now here's something to look forward to. Yeah. And definitely, it got, there's a, it's a tough balance I'm going to find. Um, but just looking at it, like, I'm thinking about the PlayStation event specifically and it's like when's a good time to do this because the reviews for um last of us 2 come out on the 12th the game uh-huh. comes out on the 19th right then right after that you have ghost of Tsushima in mid july 17th so it's like how are they gonna like they're in a bad time right now of trying to do this with i mean not just what this in the court the world of gaming itself it's like they don't want to overshadow i mean it'd be, they could maybe do it early this week or they could do like announce it Monday, hey Tuesday or Wednesday we're doing this thing, mm-hmm. and then Thursday will be a big deal with everything, and then Friday uh, Friday the re- reviews come out. Um, I definitely don't see them wanting to do it next week with the week of Last of Us or the week after. Um, oh yeah, so, that's true. They don't want to underwhelm. They don't want to undermine Last of Us Two. I mean, jeez. Yeah. And they definitely. I mean, Last of Us Two I think would be fine without with you know getting with the PS5 event, but Ghost of Tsushima being a first of its you know it's it's circle punch's first uh game since 2014 it's this first of a franchise potentially franchise and so that's the game i mean you can afford to you know kind of cover up last of us i think i think last of us would be okay uh ghost Tsushima might not be able to overcome everything that comes out of it um i think overall be fine uh but maybe from like the um the casual audience uh it might it might suffer uh so it's like you're talking to if they don't do it in the next couple of weeks, I don't see how they can do this until August without yeah, no like, shit. maybe the last week of July, which like I said, like we've waited long enough. Is it really that big of a deal? No. Do I want to know what the hell we're going to, what's going to happen with this thing? Hell fucking yeah. You know? Um, I don't know, but I mean, just getting, I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place, but just getting back to kind of thing going on in the world. It's like, um, I've listened to like, uh, uh, a lot of podcasts stuff like that and like I mean, gaming podcasts and them talking about it and um you know, gables you know xavier woods the yes. wrestler awesome creed um, yes yep uh he uh uh he was on a podcast and talking about like you know this one why the, why does this this killing george floyd killing feel different and it's like he put it he made a really good point of like uh you know all the other ones like trayvon martin things like that like ferguson shit like mm-hmm. um that you know the world nothing that was the big that was all that was going on in like our country like now it's like we have a pandemic going on in the entire world and it's like people can't just live their lives normally a lot of people are at home uh a lot of people that aren't that are still working don't feel comfortable going out or doing things normally they could do uh we're in this crazy weird ass time right now uh and it's like now people are a lot of people are watching the news anyways about the coronavirus shit it's like now we're watching news. We're seeing coronavirus and the the protests going on. It's like a lot more people are um, um, have basically have they are forced to watch this stuff. And also, I mean, just like looking at it from a gaming perspective, I forgot to mention this, but Take Two turned all their servers off for two hours on Friday afternoon. Wow. Um, uh, so like NBA 2K, GTA, all of those games. I think I don't know. It's like two to four, but I don't know if that was Eastern time, Pacific time, what time time zone it was in. Uh, but two, I mean, a decent time, um, chunk of time in the afternoon on Friday, just shot the service and and put a thing, a blurb up about, you know, it's about, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. And it's wow. just like, that's powerful. you're talking about GTA 5, maybe the one of the five biggest online communities, like, shut down for two hours on a Friday afternoon. A lot of people are forced to, um, you know, recognize what's going on there, so... Um, I mean, that's bigger than just us as a gaming podcast. Like that's mm. big. That's, you know, there's a lot of casual people. There's a lot of, you know, normal people, not, not about normal people, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of people that don't like go on, don't listen to podcasts. Don't go on gaming Twitter. Don't go on Reddit. All that right. shit that are forced to see this, uh, or, or have to like recognize this or go online. Like, why is the servers down? They go and look, Oh, this is why. And maybe they're forced to like get some knowledge on, on more than what's going on. Um, right. so I think, and then you hear, you see all the, like the businesses, like before, like businesses would like shy away from the shit. Now it's like, 
now we're on this side. So it's just like, I think that's a big reason why we're seeing a lot more, uh, you know, support uh, across. I mean, you look on, you go on like UK, London, uh, Australia. It's like they're out there going Black Lives Matter. You know, it's like, um, it's cool to see. It's awesome to see. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like more I said, I'm all over the place. Front, but you know, <laughs> what, what were we saying, Gales? I'm sorry. A more unified front, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't really have too much more to say on it. I just, uh, you know, just going, getting back. I and mean, like I said, I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth, but like getting back to like the game, like everybody pushing shit out this week. I mean, if, if this was a normal year, E3 was hap- was still scheduled to happen. I still yeah. think nothing would have changed on that, that end. Like I remember a few E3s ago, uh, I think the day before E3, there was that terrible shooting at the, uh, the LGB, uh, I can't ever say it. LGBTQ. Did I say that right? Yeah, I believe you did. I'm, yeah, uh, but there was that shooting in our, the Orlando nightclub, and um, like the night before uh, E three, and it's like they still went on the normal, but they all at the beginning did a thing like you know in the memory of all those people that were killed. Like I came around, it was like sixty people or something killed. It was terrible. Um, yeah. And uh, you know everything went on normal after that. I mean, I I think like a couple games were pulled out. Like I think Red Dead Redemption two was supposed to be revealed that year, but there was supposed to be a shooting at a bar, uh, at oh, old you know something bar. And a couple things were pulled, but I mean, for the most part, it went on without a hitch. And I, you know, maybe that was part of the same reason now, but I, I you know, I think this is a normal year. We wouldn't see what we're seeing right now. So, um, it, you know, it sucks right now as a gamer, but in the long run, this is the, the this is the best thing to happen for everybody, uh, for equality and all that. So, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to say, Gables, before we move on? No, I'm, I'm good on my end. Okay. Well, moving on to our next topic here. Uh, Gables, this one is more for you. Uh, the right. Pokemon uh, Isle of Armor DLC is coming out on June 17th. Um, hmm. I, I know when they originally uh, unveiled it uh, back in, I want to say, January, you were pretty excited about this. Um, what, what's, I mean, going into this, like, we got some more details. There's a new trailer. Uh, what's your overall you know, excitement level thoughts on this? Well, my excitement level is... It's pretty all right. The trailer in and of itself was around five minutes long, I want to say. I'm trying to remember. I did watch the trailer. There were some new forms that I did see, like the Scalarian Slowbro. (laughs) The Scalarian Slowbro is actually part poison type, part psychic, which I was pretty cool. But I kind of like his little hand cannon thing where his shell is... He actually has a hand cannon that shoots out poison and stuff. It's pretty fucking cool. But um, honestly, they the Pokemon company didn't really have to show much. I mean, I've already invested inside the DLC for uh, the Pokemon expansion pass for Pokemon Sword. So I'm looking forward to that. I recently spent like about 30 bucks, and apparently that's good for both yep. expansions. So I got the Sword one because obviously I have Pokemon Sword... I'm excited to try it out, to play it, see how it is. I pretty much know next to nothing about it, other than the fact that uh, there's one part of the content has to do with, like, Urshifu and, like, like this and that. But uh, as far as which Pokemon are in it and how many different forms are going to be inside this DLC thing first, you know, I'm just going in there blind. I haven't really been searching a lot of Pokemon content since uh, I finished Pokemon Sword last year. <laughs> oh, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. I, I you know went back earlier this year. I think in January, or February, I beat Pokemon Shield. Um, and I, when it, when this came out, I was definitely like, actually, this is like when they announced the DLC. That's what I think brought me back to finish Pokemon Shield. Um, right. And I don't. Know, I don't know if I'm. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'll probably eventually get around to playing this. Unfortunately, it comes out two days before Last of Us 2. And at that yeah, point, that's all that matters to me. Uh, gaming-wise, I should say. I should put, oh, that's Gaming-wise, the Last of Us 2 is the only thing that's really going to uh, matter to me. But, um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Um, right. Because I know you being a hardcore fan, I'm curious, like, if they can't uh, make you happy, it's definitely going to be a thing. I don't think that's going to make me too happy. Um, or something I want to get into. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm pretty, I, I watched the video. Um, I, there's not, there's no dialogue, but it was just a lot of, you know, screenshots shit like that. So I want to see like, you know, 30 bucks. That's not 
I mean, depending on what's in there, that doesn't sound like it's too bad. Uh, if it's a decent amount of content for uh, for this one, I'm wondering because like the, the Nintendo's been kind of iffy, pretty bad, I would say honestly, with their DLC. Like Smash and Mario Kart, they've been awesome about, but I would say everything else has been pretty, as far as paid one, been pretty lackluster. Um, so I, I would love to see kind of like um, how this works out. And like usually on like a lot of ones, like their first DLC of a two DLC pack is just like filler, and then like but like the second one's the big one. So I'm curious, yeah. like, that's what I want to know about is, um, you know, if, how you feel about this one, and then how you feel about the one that comes out in fall, uh, the Crown Tundra. So I mean, from I'll, what I understand, from what I understand, but, it seems like both of them are supposed to be like standalone games. Honestly, mm-hmm. from what I've been hearing, I mean, so. I mean, honestly though, like, what are you looking at? Like, what would what would satisfy you out of this? What would satisfy me? Honestly, the core game is just as a whole improved you know kind of uh the way that i mean improved like decent story of the dlc decent amount of pokemon that uh, weren't in there before because apparently there's supposed to be pokemon inside this dlc that initially was not inside the main game so there are going to be some classic ones that are going to be returning back but uh, overall i just i want just i just want to see good quality stuff inside of this dlc package i want to be able to enjoy the new pokemon i want to be able to enjoy the new characters and story honestly i want it to be sort of like how i want to say what is it ultra sun and ultra moon that dlc content yeah that extra dlc content or even like that delta episode for uh pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, where basically it was an extra DLC stuff, but it had some awesome battles and it had some awesome like additional storyline that was not even a part of the main game. You know, just stuff like that I want. Okay. So right. it's going to be interesting to see when this first expansion pack comes out on the seventeenth how it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I like I said, I'm, I'm curious what you had to say about it in a couple of weeks, and we'll we'll find out. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I would like to. I definitely uh, enjoyed uh, Pokemon Shield, and would like a reason to go back and play some more uh, later this year. Uh, right. But moving on to our next topic, Gables, the uh, fucking Game Gear Minis, man. This is the thing that was announced. Um, I'm just gonna read kind of the, this article here from Polygon. Uh, okay. they're, uh, um, so it says Sega is reviving their 1990 handheld, the Game Gear, in a as a mini retro console for the company's 60th anniversary. The Sega Game oh, I'm sorry, not the mini. It's the Sega Game Gear Micro will be released in Japan this October. As of right now, it's only uh, Japan, uh, and it may be the strangest retro device yet. Uh, the system will come in four different colors. Each color uh, comes with four games built in. Uh, each one costs about $46 American. Uh, it comes out October 6th. Um, the, uh, the micro is, uh, very small. It's, uh, uh, 3.15 inches. Uh, it is a inch and a half tall. Uh, and the screen is 1.15, uh, inches, uh, about a third of the size of the original Game Gear LCD screen. Um, and it's actually even smaller than the Game Boy micro screen. Uh, the, uh, so there's four colors. Each color comes with four games. The black one comes with Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Sonic, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo Two. God damn, I said it, Gables. I got it this time. You actually said it on the first try. That's yes, awesome. Uh, yes, <laughs> took me three years, but I got it. Uh, Outrun, Royal Stone, or the other two for the uh, black one. There is this uh, like light blue one that looks pretty sexy. Uh, it's got Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and Baku Baku Animal. Uh, the yellow one has Shining Force Gaiden, Shining Force Gaiden 2, Shining Force Gaiden Final Conflict, and Nazo Puyo Arle no Rocks. And then the red one has uh, uh, Megami Tensai Gaiden uh, Last Bible, Megami Tensai Gaiden Last Bible Special, the GG uh, Sh- Shinobi, and Columns. So to be fair, though, a lot of these games uh, that they're on here that didn't actually never, huh. never came to the United States. So a lot of these oh, games really? are exclusive I mean, like I said, this is only coming in Japan, so a lot of these games never, like I said, never made it here. 
uh, on these. So that's why I couldn't pronounce half of them. Or don't, I mean, I'm sure most people don't know what most of these games are. Um, and also you can use a double A, but I guess it does have like a, like a, a USB charge. Uh, yeah, it would be powered by two AAA batteries, but can also be powered oh by a USB micro cable. So. <laughs> okay. I did not hear about the games that were from each of those portables. Yeah. So I, I do want to make, um, there's been some like, no one really knows for sure the games, I guess they're coming. There's been some like discrepancies because they're trying to use, they're trying to translate it. So there's been some minor changes to the possibly to the games, but for the most part, that sounds like it's the, the case, but go on. There are, well, actually let's let, let me just clear my head for a minute. I have several questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One, why the hell is this freaking Game Gear so damn small? Smaller than a Game Boy micro screen. Two, $50 for four games for that, for that size of a Game Gear. It quintessentially reminds me of a freaking Tiger Electronic product. <laughs> yeah, right? I cannot... No, no. Even the Sega Genesis Mini was sixty dollars. That thing initially. Oh man, was it sixty dollars or was it eighty dollars? I forget. But, up. Oh my gosh! But what I'm saying is, there was so much bang for your buck for those micro consoles. Like Sega put out a Genesis Mini where it was freaking not uh, not that more expensive than what they're doing for this Game Gear one. But that thing had about thirty games. It was fifty dollars. It was fifty dollars, by the way. Okay, fifty dollars mm-hmm. for some of their best games of all time that they have on that system. Give or take, in some licensed games. But hell, no, uh, no freaking miniature console was perfect. But for the Game Gear, four games that small. Oh man, I'll tell you what. The biggest disappointing thing leading up to that it was just the hype from Sega. You know, saying, "Oh, this is unprecedented. This is something that." Uh, it's going to be shaking the industry right here. And then all of a sudden, it's just the reveal of the Game Gear Mini. And everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I'd be okay with a Game Gear Mini. But not like this. This is questionable at best. You have you have a screen on a portable that any normal person will not be able to see. Unless they have a mic. Well, freaking like, uh, like a freaking magnifying glass, perhaps. But yeah. uh, even with the Game Boy Micro, the Game Boy Micro, it's small enough, but the quality of the screen is fine. Yeah. For this, for this, for some of those older Game Gear games, I can attest. I've played my fair share of Game Gear. Having that big of a screen is actually pretty beneficial <laughs> i know the game gear was huge lunky and took about six double a batteries and it was a massive hog that i had to plug into the damn wall in order to enjoy but i'm still laughing that the damn thing takes batteries <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh my lord i surprised the thing I is big enough the... to fit batteries okay i do love that it comes in different colors these were what the colors were for the Game Gear back in the day, apparently. Yeah. The black one, yellow, red, blue. They nailed the color selection. However, dividing the games across four different models at 50 bucks a pop, barely able to go through and maybe play games on that device because of how small it is, and the target audience that they're aiming for is not going to be able to enjoy this product to its extent. Unless there was an option to where they freaking could plug the damn Game Gear thing into the TV and play it. But I don't think there's a plug-and-play option for that. No, there's not. There's not. <sighs> there's the headphone jack. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a headphone jack. Yeah, that's, that's nice. You have a power button, you have a headphone jack. Oh, boy. I just don't get... How they could put out a product like the Sega Genesis Mini and then come back and have a Game Gear Mini 
that not only looks worse, has less games, very expensive for what they're initially going to call for it, but I don't like this at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. This is worse. And some, in some perspective, it feels worse than the PlayStation Classic. Oh, God, yeah. In, but uh, hopefully the ports of the games are not going to be just... Uh, <laughs> Random European ports that run on different hertz. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I still can't believe that Sony put out an official product and it did not even bother to change the frequency of the European games to the U.S. Because for those who don't know, the hertz inside of Europe is smaller. It's different. It's lower than what the hertz are for freaking U.S. Was it 60 hertz or something as a standard? I'm for not US? sure. I think, yeah, 60 hertz for US, yeah. Yeah, 60 hertz, and I think it's like 55 or some weird stuff in Europe or whatever. Quintessentially, what that means is the gameplay would be slower upon when you're playing it. It wouldn't be as fluid. There would be a little bit of slowdown. It would be this and that. So I'm hoping that's not going to be the case for, say, this Genesis. No, this Game Gear classic. I mean, it's, it's not difficult to emulate Game Gear games. I'm, I'm being perfectly honest with you. It's doesn't take that much difficulty to do that but uh yeah man i'm at a loss dude <laughs> yeah so what do you what do you think <laughs> I, I the first time i saw this thing um uh i burst into laughter um it's kind of the same reaction corny had the first time she saw me naked um <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I laughed but then i'm like oh i get it now yeah. oh no <laughs> i get it now um I just, I, who is this for? You know, it's like, can you put it on a keychain? Is that something you do supposed to do with it? Like, oh, it's a cute little keychain thing. Uh, but who wants to put a forty dollar fucking fifty dollar thing on their fucking keychain? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't have like the nostalgia for a Game Gear. I remember I played a Game Gear a handful of times um, when I was a kid, like going over someone's house and they had a Game Gear, and that was cool, and playing True. Sonic on there. But um, I don't know. I just. We don't know if things coming uh, here. Who knows what it'll be like when it gets here? If it'll be the same thing or not? Depending on I mean, the games, will be different. But um, you know what Sega should have done? They should have released the Game Gear Mini, just a little bit smaller than the Game Gear. One color, yeah, maybe the black or some of that sort. All those games. Combined into the one thing. I don't care if there's like 12 or 15 good Game Gear games onto that device. And then set it for like 100 bucks. I mean, hell. Mm. I would have bought that. 100 bucks now. 50 bucks maybe. 40 bucks, yeah. It depends upon... It really depends upon the games they put in it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of those games that you were mentioning that were translated from... Some of those are very niche games. Yeah. Very expensive niche games. Shining Force. Megami Tensai. I mean... There's some great games, obviously, for Game Gear. I've played Song of the Hedgehog 2 and that thing, and it, it's fun. It's mm. it's a good game. I mean, there are some good Sonic games on that device. Puyo Puyo, great puzzle game, this and that, but... Point being, there were other ways to perfect and have this a more appealing device. And they chose the most... They chose the most wild uncoordinated thing possible to release onto the masses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even want to, I'm like, I don't like to try to be the, the like Nintendo like fanboy guy. Cause I'm definitely not. Um, like I love Nintendo a lot and I bash them probably more than anybody. I mean, not more than anybody, but as far as someone that loves Nintendo, I bash them a lot and you know that Gables. Um, right, right. But how is it like, it sounds so simple. Like the NES Classic and the SNES uh, Classic, like they sound so simple and so easy. Like it's a beautiful idea. Let's just make the thing that all these people, that people have nostalgia for, make them smaller, make a smaller version of it, and have, put all the best games on it, and then sell it for an affordable price right before holidays. Oh man! And nobody still, else can do it. Yeah, I know, right? It Sony makes sense to me. Yeah, Sony's fucked it up. Sega's fucked it up twice. Like. I don't get it. I don't want like this sounds so easy to do and nobody can do it. <laughs> and it all seems to be messed up in certain aspects, you know, like the conversion of like say Hertz on Sony's part or 
and Sega filing with the freaking different company to try to put out multiple Genesis classic stuff over the years and then finally go with like another company that uh, was fairly competent and now they have a, a really great plug-in miniature Sega Genesis console. But honestly, let's uh, let's address the elephant in the room. Nintendo knows how to make a great quality plug-and-play retro system. Doesn't yeah. matter if it's the NES or the SNES Classic or something. Hell, I'm still holding out for a Game Boy Classic because that would be freaking fun as hell. But I'm hold- uh, yeah, I, I would love to have the GameCube Classic, but that's that's. Oh my god! And then 64 or GameCube Classic would be amazing right yeah. now. I just want the mini GameCube. That's all. Give Dude, me the give I me the want- Jet Black I- one. Oh gosh. Or give me a spice one, you know? I I have an indigo Ooh. and a freaking uh, black one, dude. If I get like a spice GameCube mini, that'd be fun. <laughs> Remember, I had the I had the jet black and the platinum. I had those two. Oh man, the platinum man, that that would have been. Oh. Oh, okay, spice, now we're just rambling here. <laughs> yeah, I don't care, man. God damn, I want that so bad. Because uh, I mean, that, that just shows you how little we have interest in this stupid fucking thing. Um, yeah. I mean, and like, like I said, I don't have the nostalgia for. I had it. I'm never a Sega kid growing up. I never really I, like. I played Sonic. I enjoyed Sonic for what it was, but wasn't never big into like the Streets of Rage is my favorite thing about uh, Sega, honestly. Um, so I don't. I don't have the nostalgia for it. I don't have the nostalgia for Game Gear, um, but I don't know. It's just like it just sounds so simple. Like make it slightly smaller. Put a put all the best games on there, and then fucking release it. That's it. Yep, I don't. I, just, I don't. Absolutely. Yeah, it's unfathomable. I don't understand. Uh, speaking of uh, things that should be really easy but uh, can't fucking nobody seem to do, uh, WWE 2K Gables. Uh huh. Um, so 2K21 was has been canceled for this year. That's been something that's been talked about for a while back since like April. Um, and they're releasing that WWE Battlegrounds game that looks just like hot garbage, right, Gables? Yeah, it does look like hot garbage. Yeah, but I'm holding out hope that it maybe it's like if it's like a fifteen dollar game, it could be fun. Uh, but um, coming on this, you know, big reason why I got delayed was the WWE 2K20 has been like one of the most like one of the worst reviewed games um, in 2K's history, um, uh, mostly because of technical glitches and issues. But I mean, that's been something that's been going on for years with uh, with, the, with the WWE 2K games. Um, but um, one of the big things that they were looking at is there's uh, one of the there's six pillars that they look at um, for this game for the franchise. One of them is the uh, the gameplay, which seems like the most important thing, maybe. Um, <laughs> outside of the technical issues is maybe the biggest issue. Is even when the game works right, the game's not really fun to play. Um, exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know, like a lot of games are fun, like Madden's fun sim game, FIFA. Like people, uh, people love like MLB the Show. Like sports games, people want that the realistic of like. And I, I, like I said, I love like I said earlier, Mads my favorite franchise. like I love the realism of that, but I also love the like NBA street, uh, NFL street games. I miss those games, NBA street as well. But um, one of the things that uh, uh, one of the uh, main people, uh, I can't find the name of the guy who's working on, but um, he's one of the one of the heads of the uh, of the two K games. Um, he says. We're, we're looking at a lot of things. Uh, most importantly, we're looking at the much-loved uh, previous games like No Mercy or SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, along with uh, top franchise installments and more modern wrestling and fighting games to build an all-new philosophical foundation? Philosophical? I don't know that word. Uh, foundation for the game. Um, so, I don't know. It was like, we, we talked about back when they when we found when they came out the news that, that this year's game was being canceled and our hopes and dreams, but like, this is kind of what we've wanted. I don't like, where, where does this, where does this put you? Does it give you some hope? They're looking in the right direction. So that's a positive. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it kind of concerns me a bit in regards to, okay, they're, they are going to be going ahead and looking into things such as SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, WWF No Mercy, obviously some older games in that regards. But what concerns me is if they have, the implement the implementation of other fighting games could sort of muddied up things if it uh, doesn't stick well. Like for example, like for example, in some fighting games, you'll have certain grapple systems. Like you'll have your characters that are like grapplers and this and that. 
or you'll have your characters just pure strikers or super fast gameplay. What I'm saying is that they don't have like a particular blend, like like a blend or like an idea in mind when they're developing the core gameplay of this next iteration of the WWF, like wrestling game, WWE wrestling game. Then it could be really convoluted very easily. But uh, on the positive side, the best things, the best thing that they can do is look at the best wrestling games. And see what worked. And what worked inside of games like WWF No Mercy, SmackDown Here Comes the Pain, I would say even games like SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, God, even like more obscure games like the Fire Pro Wrestling games, or even some of the old WWF games like, say, WWF Raw that was made by LJN of all companies. Oh, wow, you're right, yeah. Dude, those games all had one thing in common with me growing up. They were fun to play. It didn't matter whether or not things were realistic, if they had like a deep story mode for some of them. I mean, hell, the deep story mode in No Mercy, I don't get me wrong, that was fantastic with the branching paths and everything else for the championships. I'd wish more wrestling games stuck to something like that because I loved experimenting with that shit. However, in terms of gameplay... I've had the most fun just going forth in a wrestling game, experimenting upon what I could do. I spent hours in No Mercy setting up tables, setting up ladders, seeing if I could jump off ladders, landing on wrestlers through tables, this and that. I had a ball just experimenting with how with the limited move sets and whatever the hell else that was inside these games, what I could get away with without breaking the game. And then finding those little hints and those little caveats of, oh, hey, if I went through and I Irish whip someone inside the corner and then press the alt button to flip, like, the, kind of, like, turn them or put them in a trio O position or just turn them back, you know, just uh, do, like, a back grapple against the ropes or something like that and then just uh, do, like, a freaking a super backdrop or something from the top rope, you know. Those intricate things f- from... The basic gameplays of games like No Mercy and SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, those were the most fun parts to learn, in my honest opinion. It didn't matter what characters were there, what character rosters. I mean, No Mercy had a huge roster roster of characters. Here Comes the Pain, I mean, they had a lot of WWF legends because that was that period inside of uh, the WWF where a lot of the old guard from the Attitude Era had already left. It was 2003, Brock Lesnar was still young and still up and coming. Guys like John Cena, like the next generation, guys like John Cena, Randy Orton and stuff. And even Edge starting to come into his own and this and that was around those that particular era. But fun match types, fun gameplay, all of those are important to get right if you want a fantastic wrestling game. And what 2K has to do is not just say they're going to cite them, but insert the best elements of that gameplay and that curiosity in order for them to earn trust in people again to buy their product. They do not have people's trust anymore after 2K20's debacle. So it's interesting to see where they're going to go after this year is done. They... With the freaking battleground stuff, who knows? I'm optimistic. Yeah, I'm just optimistic at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, it gives you something to look forward to, definitely. Um, and you know, in the world of uh, wrestling games, like I said, like mm. it seems so simple. You look at like we had a very basic formula until the last five six years of like how to make a fun wrestling game. It's just like we tried to like we went to simmy, and it's just maybe one of those things where like. Maybe wrestling isn't a very fun simulation game. Um, you know, like the whole rock, paper, scissors kind of thing when you grapple and just the randomness yep. of the game. Like, they just don't feel fluid. They feel slow. Um, it just doesn't translate well. Um, and a lot of things don't. I don't play wrestling games. Yes, that's just the thing, man. It's like, I don't play wrestling games for realism. I play it to have fun. Yeah. 
It's like, I don't want to, like, if I was playing those big Buck Hunter games, like, I don't want a realistic one where I'm, like, walking around for six, seven hours waiting for hopefully see a buck, you know? It's like, that. that's not fun, you know? It's like, it's the same idea. Uh, so some things don't translate. And, uh, you know, just, it's, I don't know. Can and The key is, like, can they do it? Like, and maybe they can. I hope they can because, like, it'd be awesome to have a, a, a wrestling game that has all of your favorite wrestlers in it, um, current and old ones. Um, and it looks gorgeous as, you know, they had the production, they had the money to do it. Um, and also it can just be fun to play. Like it has all the match types you want. It has hell in a cell, has ladder mm-hmm. matches, um, you know, street fights, everything you want. It has all the TLC matches, all the things you can't get anywhere else, along with all of the biggest names in wrestling that you want to play as pretty much, except for, you know, maybe a you know dozen or 20, uh, that aren't with WWE, um, right now. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I hope that this works. It'd be awesome. Cause I've, I've played a, like there's been, some, I've dabbled here and there in the wrestling games and some of them have been kind of fun for a little bit, but it's like, you know, it wears on you, but also you know, like, it'd be awesome to play those as plus like with, they put a decent amount of effort in like the storyline mode and all that shit. So it'd be awesome to see, um, and be fun to play a, a good wrestling game again for the first time. And, like a really fun one since I don't know, man. Like, like probably what 2K6 really was like the like 2006 was maybe the last uh, really really good one I would say that's universally loved. You would say yeah. that uh, yeah, 2006 SmackDown versus Raw 2006 was the most universally loved last one. That was the most universally loved. Then afterwards, people liked 2K like 2007. 2008 was a step in the wrong direction honestly a lot of people really loved like SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 for the Xbox 360 but uh, yeah it started to decline around 2008 and then when it came to the initial rehashing and stuff it began it began like around 2011 and then all of a sudden it just started to become like a copy paste thing all the way up until now honestly the one I enjoyed the most was 2K14 2K14, that was like the la- that was like the first one that 2K actually took over. WWE 13 was actually a pretty fun wrestling game in and of itself. That was the last one T- THQ had a process in going through and making, but I hadn't enjoyed myself playing a WWE wrestling game since I kid you not like 2015, 2016 or something like that. Yeah. That's a good solid like 4 or 5 years. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it would be nice to like you know, I, I kind of fell off from in the early 2000s. Like, I would find them if I like I'd pick them up cheap usually and play with them for a little bit, and then I'd fall off them. So, but I don't know. Like I said, it'd be great to see a, a fun one again. So, hopefully, next year, um, we got good things to say about a, a good a WWE game. Um, but that's it for the topics this week. Um, we're going to jump into what we've been playing. Uh, Gables, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You know what, Tyler? You go first. Okay. I have not played too much new stuff. Uh, I've been dabbling more in Last of Us Part 1, getting hyped for uh, Part 2. Uh, I am a little past the halfway point now. Uh, I just met up with, I mean, spoilers for Last of Us. I just met up with Sam and Henry. I just got through Pittsburgh and oh, made it through the I sewer. See. So now I'm in the suburbs. So uh, I, I think I'm about like 60% way through the game. Um, still really enjoying this game quite a bit. Um Definitely, like, there's some parts in the game, and much like I think like any game, there's like parts that aren't as good as the rest. So you don't you dread playing them in some of your favorite games. It's like I just want to get to the good part, and like definitely getting through like Pittsburgh for me um, was was that part where I was like I just want to get through this and get past the 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 tank. Um, but yeah, no, the game it's still fantastic. The characters are great, the story's great, all that's great. Um, and then I, I did play one new game this week, but I only played it for like an hour. Uh, it's called John Wick Hex. Um, oh, you finally picked it up. Yeah, I, I I bought it when it came out, and I just you know then that was like Final Fantasy came out, and then I got um, uh, well that's right Resident Evil, so it was just like I just never really got to it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I finally went uh, just I dabbled. I wasn't really in the, like I want to play something different from Last of Us. Um, so um, I, I played this like, like forty five minutes to an hour maybe. Um, and I gotta admit I'm I didn't really like it. Um, it's kind of like a oh. it's a top down game and like you move but it's kind of like um oh, super hot in a way like a top down kind of super hot 
where time only moves when you move and like but you can't see the full level like it's black and then like you can move and then when you move like that's when like character other enemies can pop up and then you get to decide oh. like um and everything stops while you just make a decision what to do and like you can crouch you can uh and cr- when you crouch you can only roll a couple spots if you're standing up though you can move more spaces um but um uh, like you can move more spaces but uh like when you can move more spaces if like an enemy pops up he has more of a chance to see you um and detect you and shoot you um I don't know, each level only about, I don't know, five, six minutes, really. I only beat, like, the first maybe seven or eight levels. Like, a little, like the, the maps are very small. And, like, you're mostly, like, in streets and shit. Uh, but then, like, once you see them, you have to, like, you can shoot them or if you sneak up on them and you can uh, knock them out. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, like, I, it was okay. There's nothing, like, inherently wrong with that play style, I don't want to say. Like, um, like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great it's kind of like a weird like super hot slash turn-based kind of uh, like a XCOM. um but uh okay i don't know it just didn't really click with me like and it sucks i love john wick the movies like, my, like one of my favorite uh, film uh, film franchises right now um but um yeah i don't know like it, i i would not have played this game probably otherwise if it wasn't for the john wick name tag on it but uh yeah it, it's I, it's not bad. It's just not my type of game, I should say. But uh, I don't really have much more to say other than that. Well, what about you, Gables? There's a couple games I've been playing. Of the sheer craziness of the past week, I decided that I wanted to get my Switch Lite, download a couple of the apps with the NES and the SNES online apps, you know, from uh, Nintendo Online stuff. And I decided to play some Panel de Pawn. Hmm. The Super Nintendo one. In the US, it was translated to Tetris Attack, inserting the Yoshi character, like the Nintendo characters and stuff in there. In Japan, it was known as Panel de Pawn. Entirely different in terms of the aesthetic. There's some musical tracks that are different. It doesn't have all the Mario characters and this and that. Okay. But I'll but I'll tell you what, this is a puzzle game that could be really deceiving. At first, it introduced itself as something super easy. Actually, the first three worlds, I would say, it introduces you and it kind of bridges you to what you can do. It's a match three, you know, it's like a match three type puzzle game where these blocks are falling and then you have to rearrange all these different blocks on like almost like a grid as it goes higher and higher. And for the story mode, you have to, you essentially have to break these blocks in order to pass a certain line. And that entire line has to be clear. There can't be one single block. There are things you can do to set up combos. You could set... You could technically get rid of, like, four four or multiple blocks at the same at the same time. Or do these chain combos if you're able to arrange things. Like, a good example would be if I had a bunch of, say, green blocks. And there was, like... T- and if I know that if I connect three of them, they're going to disappear. But if I want to set up a massive combo or something, like say five or six, I would have maybe the two two of them connecting together. The third one, like be at the side, you know, like a panel, like a panel like next to it or something. And then all of a sudden it's like I rearrange two on the bottom. And then all of a sudden once I get the block, it's like five blocks disappear at once. It creates this massive combo. <laughs> I played my fair share of this game. Actually, this is one of the rare Super Nintendo games where I've played both the US version and the import version of it. <laughs> I don't do that with games often. What is hilarious is I beat Panel to Pawn. And boy, when I beat that game, it was the most rewarding puzzle game I've played in quite a long while. Like I was saying, the first three worlds inside of the story mode are easy. It's not until you get to face off against the game's final boss halfway through where the difficulty actually excels all the way up to about 10. Because the speed at which you have to do these combos gets crazier. So you could start out like with a speed of 10 or 15 and then you work your way up. By the time I ended the story mode for Panel to Pawn, 
I was going up to speeds of 50, like 40-something, 50-something, and I was having a hard time keeping it up because the blocks would be coming up so fast, and then the music gets frantic as soon as the blocks get, get closer and closer to the top. Because if it hits the top, it's game over. So here I am going through each world. I'm, I'm going through these worlds, these stages in chunks. Man, I'll tell you what, it was pretty damn satisfying just connecting all these random combos and just blazing through a lot of the levels. The design and the music is so fun. It's quirky. It's this and that. But like I was saying before, the last portion of the game where you face off against this final boss was rewarding. Quintessentially, he has this huge health bar where you have to connect more than, say, four or five blocks in actually order to do damage against him. What I did is I had to set up multiple different types of combos. I had to recognize, okay, where are these clusters of four or five blocks inside this big old grid? Because when you're at the last stage, the grid is almost all the way up to the top already. <laughs> so you have to do split-second decisions in order to get all of these blocks that disappeared so you can create these massive combos or to, just to clear things off and be pull a block above or below. There was some technical bullshit going on here that my mind was just racing trying to excel and... The scariest part about it is I was adjusting really fast with the gameplay. <laughs> I don't know whether or not it's because of my experience playing puzzle games in the past, like Tetris and this and that, but... Oof. My god, it was definitely a frantic experience, but it was much a rewarding one. I don't know what it is. I've had a kick for playing through older games as of late. I mean, Panel the Pawn, god, a freaking Super Nintendo game. A Super Nintendo game I have never beaten... All of a sudden, it's like I beat like a, a new Super Nintendo game for the first time in like years. Felt pretty damn good. <laughs> um, but then again, I did beat Earthbound like a couple years ago, mm -hmm. so that probably wouldn't make sense. But uh, <laughs> the other game is still a continuation from Persona 5 Royal. I played a lot more tonight. I am at this palace where it's like a gigantic casino. And it was kind of hilarious because... There's these little games, these little things that you have to do to try to earn coins in order to progress further. So yeah, I'm going to go a little bit more into maybe like little bits of spoilers in regards to what you do inside the palace. But quintessentially what it is, is you have to gather all of these coins, all of these stuff in order to advance further. So I'm at the point where I have to go out into the real world and issue a calling card in order to get things, to get the ball rolling so I can infiltrate and do the final boss no do the boss of that palace so i have a new character that's with the party with when i started this palace his name is akechi and he literally has a persona called robin hood who has both light and dark attacks <laughs> or as the game calls it blessing and curse attacks <laughs> so but essentially, he's kind of split in between to where you have attacks that'll target like a slew of uh, enemies. Some of the blessed attacks will do like instant death. There's some some of the curse attacks will do instant death. But what I like about him is like he has a cross between the two elements where I could just focus with my main character of Joker, having all the different personas, having different setups, having different things like that. But I'm sort of grown attached to having other party members in my, in my group, like On, whose main specialty is fire attacks and some setups with, like, Dormia, this high-chance sleeping spell that she does, plus uh, Makoto with her, her support and, like, all the various other, like, attacks that she does. She, her specialty is nuke damage. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Some of the attack types in this game are pretty crazy. And there were some new ones I was not expecting and I did not know actually were inside. Like, for example, there are the basic elements inside of RPG games. You have your fire. You have your water. You have wind. You have electricity. You have blessing and you have curse attacks. Physical. But there are a couple others that uh, some games don't have. You have gun damage. And then you have <laughs> nuke damage, and then psych like psychokinesis, stuff like that. 
all these different persona have all these different types of abilities and stuff. What's getting more difficult is now I'm starting to come across more persona, more creatures that don't have weaknesses. And now I have to force myself to recreate, like create new persona that have these stat changing abilities or have this type of like chance to where I could score a critical hit against them and then just do a whole huge group attack. Now the game is starting to show a little bit more meat towards the end to where the difficulty is starting to spike up a bit. But at the same time, I don't feel like I'm overwhelmed to the point where I'm getting game over after game over or I'm dying like on a boss over and over again. But it's the level design feels smart in a way where it progressively it progressively like gets a little bit harder as you progress. Up until this point, you've had persona and you've had bosses that were weak against specific elements and now all of a sudden towards the tail end of this game you're coming across a lot of these monsters that don't have a lot of like uh weaknesses but they have some bit of re like repel against certain elements in general or against physical or gun attacks <laughs> but the fun part about it is you can recruit those same persona and have those same reef those same uh reflection type elements inside of your party so for example there's a battle that i went through right i was battling the persona called thor he's called something different like in terms of uh in terms of like the boss battle in of itself but his main attacks are physical physical and electric attacks you know thor god of thunder this and that however i had a persona on my side that re that actually repels and reflects physical attacks so what i did i equipped it on i pressed guard i defended the entire time and he literally killed himself <laughs> with his own attacks <laughs> i love being able to do stuff like that it's always so hilarious that it's like oh you know what i could waste all this time just to build up my attack and then just do this and do that or i could just choose block and he'll do the work for me <laughs> oh boy I'll tell you what though, this game this game is still rather enjoyable. I'm now I'm around eighty-eight hours inside of it. Eighty-eight hours, I'm still finding good stuff. I'm still creating my own persona and doing this and that. I'll tell you what, this is a game that's just Oh man, it's had some legs on it though. It's definitely been an enjoyable enjoyable experience for me. But uh, I can't wait to see what else happens. The story has me invested. I'm starting to grow attached to a lot of the different characters because a lot of their support moves are really good or some of their storylines are pretty fun. But, uh, yeah, that's Persona 5 Royal for me, and who knows what's going to happen the next week. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're still yeah. in. How many hours did you say you were yeah, in? It is. Okay, 88. Cool. So you're, you're, you're getting there, then. Yeah. It's like what I did when I was playing Persona 4 Golden for the first time. That was my first Persona game. And I had over 100 hours in that damn thing because the story was so good, so invested, and kept me going. A lot of my time, extra time playing that game was through grinding inside dungeons, getting specific monsters, completing a lot of different elements of social events. And towards the end of it, I was just like, okay, I gotta do this, this, this. Progressed in my day. And it's starting to feel that way now with Persona 5 Royal. But I'm still getting a lot of enjoyment, entertainment out of it. That's good, man. I'm, I'm glad you're, you know, what, 86 hours in and something to blast. That's awesome. Uh, like I said, like I say every week, I wish I can get, I, I, I wish I can get in that game. Or I think I could get in that game. I wish at the time to get in that game. But uh, we're so close. We're so close, Gables, <laughs> to, to Last of Us 2. So close. <sighs> I know. I feel it in my loins. No. Oh. <laughs> But uh, anyways, that will, uh, I think, wrap it up for the week for us, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, see more from us, we are on Twitter, Facebook. We have a page group there, twitch.tv slash Drunkers Podcast on uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all those places. Just look up uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast, Drunk Dash Nerds, uh, Drunk Nerds, any of those forums. You'll find us on there. Like us, follow, subscribe, uh, heart, uh, thumbs up, leave comments. 
share it, whatever you can do to help us. Really appreciate it if you do that for us. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I was just, I was Tyler. I have been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, I hope you have a peaceful time. I hope that you're able to find enjoyment out of the stuff that you do. But most importantly of all, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Too sweet. Yeah. Bye, guys. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number